the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Chariots of Fire is today's broadcast with Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and we hope that you enjoy it. Again, that's Chariots of Fire, and you can find it online at ReachingYourHeart.com. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call us at any time, 24-7. Here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Who of us is for the king of Israel? Now this is kind of scandalous talk in the text here. The Hebrew literally indicates that the mind of the king was storming like a tornado or a thunderstorm as he was thinking about this thing. He was stewing and storming. Have you ever stormed in your mind? You ever had a storm going on in your head? You know, back and forth and you're worried about this or that? Oh, come on. You know, you get an IRS letter in the mail that says you got an audit. Anybody ever have one of those? It storms, believe me. Or something happens, you learn that a loved one passed away. Yeah, it storms. The king was storming. He was storming because there was a traitor, he thought. He was troubled because there were leaks coming out of his kingdom and they were going straight to the kingdom of Israel. I mean, there was no intelligence being saved in his kingdom. He couldn't figure out where these leaks were coming from. So he called a special counsel of his servants to investigate the matter and find the betrayer and prosecute him. That sounds like today, doesn't it? And the question was clear on the lips of the king, who is the leaker? Who is spilling intelligence secrets to the enemy king of Israel? Who is the traitor in our midst who loves the kingdom of Israel more than our kingdom? That unpatriotic soul that is stealing our ideas and giving them away. It sounds like the kind of talk we've heard in the news as of late. Now, friend, we don't know the name of the man who spoke up that day to the king, but we do know that he knew something the king did not. And maybe he had heard of the prophet Elisha. When Naaman, the mighty man of Assyria, passed through his land after God had healed him from leprosy, maybe he heard of him that way. Maybe Naaman's little maid grew up and she was a talkative little maid. And maybe she went far and wide talking about Elisha the prophet. Friend, God has a way of getting his word out to the enemy. And so it got out to the servant of the king of Assyria. Verse 12. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. You know, that means in the context, there is no leaker in your kingdom who let it out, O king. Elisha is the leaker. Look what he says. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you are speaking in your bedchamber. Now, if I was a king, in fact, if I wasn't a king, that would bother me. Would that bother you? It should. That's like saying you're being spied upon and that cameras are in your bedroom and your cell phone is being tapped as well and all your private email is being hacked and copied and you, O king, have lost your identity to the enemy. That's what it's saying. And that's an awful feeling for anyone to have, believe me. Now, two days ago, my wife got the suspicious text message on her cell phone claiming to be a PayPal text message. And we finally ran it down that same day 
we discover that someone had opened up a PayPal account in her name and a fake bank account to boot, and who knows what else is going on in her name. Now, it's an awful thing to have your identity violated. It doesn't feel good to know that someone is snooping into your personal business, they have your social security number, and they're doing things with your identity. And so the servant said that there is a prophet named Elisha who perceives what the king is saying in his bedroom. Elisha is the leaker. I imagine that night the king did nothing in his bedroom and that he said nothing in his bedroom and that he slept with his clothes on, that his wife slept in another room while the king faced the ceiling with a very worried look on his face because Elisha was the leaker. I would love to have been a fly on the wall of the king's bedroom when he learned that Elisha was the leaker. In verse 13, the servant speaks again with aggressive talk. Instead of trying to take out the king of Israel, the servant of this troubled Syrian king suggested that he try and take out the prophet that helped the king of Israel. Instead of attacking the armies of the king, take out this leaker. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 20, and here's a verse that we would be well to take mind of. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. How many of you believe in that first part? Raise your hand. Now look at the second part. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. Now, if God sends us prophetic counsel as a people, friend, we had better believe it and obey it to succeed. God's prophets are sent to his people because they are the messengers that God has chosen who will help his people to prosper. If you're in the business of knocking down God's prophets, making fun of them, then you're in the business of messing up your life badly. If you don't believe the prophets in your daily walk with Christ, then you will not prosper with Christ. It's that simple and profound. You know, I'd sit in some study classes and they love knocking the Bible or a messenger the Lord has sent to us. And they think that that's somehow profound and deep. There's nothing profound or deep about it. It's a sick mentality that will lead them right away from the power of the living God in their lives. Look at verse 13. It continues. And he said, go and see where he is, the prophet, that I may send and seize him. It was told him, behold, he is in Dothan. Now, Dothan was a city that was visited by Joseph in the book of Genesis. When his brothers threw him into that well, it was right there at Dothan, they stripped him of his coat of many colors. Jacob's sons had led their flocks near Dothan. So it was like a holy spot in the sojourn of Israel. Dothan means the place of two wells. In the Hebrew language, a well is often thought of as an eye. So you can look down into the well, it's like looking into an eye. And thus a well is metaphorically the place of the two eyes here, Dothan. And the thoughts, it kind of indicates just like a well goes deep, there's an eye there. Thoughts go deep. Ideas go deep. Elisha was found at Dothan, the place of the two eyes, the two wells, where the things of God are deep. Friends, the prophets of God see things we don't see. They are smarter than us because the mind of God is in the word of God. They understand deep truths that are much deeper than our ability to put them together in rational thought. And in those deep wells of divinely inspired insight and understanding, the eyes of God are looking back at us through the prophets. The Bible is alive. At the time of Elisha, Dothan was an administrative city with walls. It was just miles from the city of Samaria where the king lived. In fact, about 12 miles. So to take Elisha out, you had to send in special forces to get the prophet out. Now, I've noticed special forces often come in at night. My brother, 
who used to work for an intelligence agency I won't speak about, and I won't give any details here because he didn't give them to me other than general. He used to work with special ops. He would come in at night either by parachute or they'd come in by submarine and scuba dive up. And when they had a special operation, he was in charge of radio communications. He, like them, was part of the special ops group. On one occasion, when he came from submarine, he came to a place he won't even speak about, but he did say that his best friend was killed in combat right next to him. And as his friend fell into his body, he, like others, began to respond, and there was a a direct combat that occurred where various ones died. My brother's life was saved, and I'm grateful for that. So the king of Syria sent his special ops to take out the prophet of God. Special operations are risky dangerous kind of affairs. And what are they doing? They're there to take out Elisha the prophet who they think is sort of like Osama bin Laden. And they're coming in to get him and remove him from the scene. Verse 14. So he, the king of Syria, sent their horses and chariots and a great army and they came by night. Here are the special ops. They surrounded the city. Friend, when evil camps around you, where is God? I ask the question. Where is God when the armies of the enemy surround you in your life to take you out? Where is God when the special ops from the enemy of souls comes to end you in a moment? The words of David recorded centuries before, I think, provide help here. Look at Psalms 34, 7. And I can latch on to this promise. The angel of the Lord does what? Encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Look at Psalms 27, 1 to 2. A psalm of David, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me, uttering slanders against me, my adversaries and foes. Well, what happens to them? Look what the text says. They shall stumble and fall. Now look, I can't make my adversaries and foes stumble and fall, but God can Because the angel of the Lord encamps around about us. Sometimes we feel that when we are attacked in our walk with Christ, and we all are, we feel that God is not on his throne in our personal situation. Sometimes we feel that the angels are few and far to find, and that help is just not there for us like it was in Bible times. And sometimes we hear the smart cynics saying, you can't trust the promises of the Bible. You shouldn't believe that it can apply in your life. And that the armies of the enemy surrounding us cannot be overcome. And they do not know that God has power and forces unseen that surround his people. Sometimes fear sets in. The fear of the Lord is replaced by the fear of the enemy who is very much afraid of the prophet of God. And we don't necessarily know that. Look at 2 Kings 6.15. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was round about the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Now, this youthful servant, it's very clear he was a young lad, youthful servant in Hebrew, was looking at the wrong thing. He was asking the wrong question of the prophet. Look what he says. He says, what shall we do? Have you done that before? You've been hit by things bigger than you and say, what shall I do next? He was focusing on the enemy instead of the prophet and the God the prophet stood for. The forces of God unseen that surrounded the prophet. He wasn't thinking of that. What shall we do? And more profoundly, he was focusing on what 
his own energies could bring to bear on the situation. In the Old Testament, friend, Jesus is called the Lord of hosts. If you read the Old Testament, you'll notice that that's a title for him. Yahweh of hosts. The name, the Lord of hosts means the Lord of armies. In Daniel 8, 11, he's called the prince of the host. That means that Jesus Christ is the prince of the armies of the God of heaven. The same prophet who could see inside the king's bedroom and listen to his words could see what was all around them on every side. Friends, we fear in life today because we do not see God as we should see him. We do not see the unseen power of God, and so we are afraid. My favorite Bible writer in the book, Desire of Ages, page 330, wrote this profound explanation of God's power that I have often referred to. Worry is blind, she writes, and cannot discern the future. But Jesus sees what? The end from the beginning. In every difficulty, he has his way prepared to bring relief. Our heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us, of which we know nothing. And those who accept the one principle of making the service and honor of God supreme will find perplexities vanish and a plain path before their feet. So the prophet Elisha saw that day what the worried servant in his youth could not see without prayer and guidance. 2 Kings 6, 16. He said, fear not, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Why don't you say that with me today? Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. We must affirm the truth that, listen, we are part of the great army of the Lord of hosts. Friend, we live in a universe where there is evil at war with good, and evil often does its work at night. Dear heart, there is a great controversy between Christ and Satan in this world. And you're not going to get through that great controversy by scheming and doing your own plans. You'll get through it with Jesus. There are satanic dominions everywhere. And Jesus Christ, as the prince of the Lord's army, is in the business of taking his truth of God's love and grace in Christ through his servants in the church to those dark places of earth where Satan rules in the harshest kind of way. You find the place of misery, that's where the love of God is going. You find the place where people are hurting, the love of God is going there. Why? Because Jesus is in the business of saving people because he loves them on Satan's turf and plucking them right out of his dark dominion. And friend, that means saving you and me too. One of the best indicators you can have in your life that you are tracking with Christ correctly. Would you like to know what that is? Want to know what the best indicator is? With me? You're being attacked. Did you hear me? That's the best indicator. Why would he bother with your life if you weren't a threat to his kingdom in some way? He sees what God's doing in your life. He sees the challenges that you are moving in faith. And so he goes after you. You need to take courage from that fact. It is a great statement that God is with you. You see, rather than running from that which threatens you, we must face it in faith and confidence that the one who started the work in us will finish the work for us and in us. So when you're attacked, what should you do? 2 Kings six seventeen shows us what Elisha did. It shows us what Elisha did. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord... I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. 
So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Three things happen here that matter in our lives, profound things. Number one, Elisha prayed for help. He said, oh, Lord, I pray thee. You know, prayer is not our last defense, the prophet shows. Prayer is our first and best defense to secure divine aid. Number two, Elisha's prayer called for God to open the eyes of the young lad so he could see. You know, young people today are going to be blind in their faith unless they learn to pray while they are young. You better learn it now. You don't get great things from God if you do not pray for them. You'll be blind intellectually, your mental and spiritual capacities will be stunted, and you will not understand your Bible and how to integrate it with knowledge unless you pray. So pray. Pray as if your life depended on it, because it really does. Number three, the prayer of Elisha helped that young man to see that the armies of God were everywhere. You know, sometimes we think that we're in the minority when we follow God, you know, like we're just here and everybody else is doing the wrong thing and it feels bad to be in the minority. I'd like to remind you that one-third of the angels were deceived, but two-thirds stayed with the pre-existent Christ and with God. If you follow God, if you do the right thing in your life, if you move forward in faith, you are in the majority. It's not the majority that you see, it's the majority you do not see. There's a larger army at war with Satan's army, two-thirds against one-third, and it will defeat him every time in your life if you cling to Christ. Friend, there is no victory in the great controversy with evil unless you pray for that victory and align yourself with heaven's army. When you pray, God opens your eyes. He opens your heart that is full of fear, and he fills it with faith and purpose to face the enemy down in Jesus' name. At this point, the man of God is manifested as a prayer warrior for God. 2 Kings 6, 18. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord. And he said, strike this people, I pray thee, with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. Yeah, I like it. You know, Elisha prayed, prayed for something specific. And the Lord did it because he prayed. Now you pray for something specific. If it's in the will of God, he'll do it because you prayed. Now verse 19, Elisha said to them, this is not the way and this is not the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. He went right out there in the middle of the army and started talking to these blind soldiers. And he led them to Samaria. Now what was Samaria? Samaria was 12 miles from Dothan where he was at. It was a four to five hour journey and the prophet Elisha led them to another city, the very city where the king of Israel was at. And he led them there. Why was it a four or five hour journey? So they get tired, they calm down, they'd be able to kind of interact in a more peaceful manner. And as soon as they entered the city of Samaria, they realized that the prophet's power had struck again, outsmarted again by the man who hears inside the king's bedchamber. Elisha the leaker had them right where he wanted them. Look at verse 20. As soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha the leaker said, O Lord, Open the eyes of these men that they may see. That's the same prayer he prayed for his servant. So the Lord opened their eyes and they saw and lo, they were in the midst of Samaria. You know, when the king of Israel saw them, he said, Elisha, my father, shall I slay them? Shall I slay them? Notice he respects the prophets here. Wouldn't that make sense? Go ahead and kill them. If you killed them and you defeated them by piercing them with a spear or sword, 
king, then you wouldn't be able to do anything more with them. They go away all right, but is that what God wants? Sometimes God leads us to defeat our enemies in love so we can love our enemies and show them that the purpose was not to defeat them. When the power of the prophet opens the eyes of the enemy, the enemy can see too. And if the enemy can see, then there's a real opportunity for the enemy to be saved, just like us, just like we can be blind. God can open their eyes and we can all see how by the same power and love that saves us all when blind eyes are open. Friend, if you are seeking revenge in your life against your enemy or someone in your family, then you're seeking the wrong thing in your life. Seek to save them. Verse 22, he answered, you shall not slay them. Would you slay those whom you have taken captive with your sword and with your bow? Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. And so that day they fed the whole army of Syria in the city of Samaria. They showed the enemy army kindness when they could have killed them all. They gave them food when they could have taken everything they had as spoils of war. And they fellowshiped with them when they could have shunned them and sent them away. But they did more than just these things. They did something very well, extremely well. Verse 23 finishes the story of blind eyes that see. You see in the story, the young servant Elisha was blind to the power of God. He was a believer, but he was blind. His eyes had to be open. But you see, the enemy had to be blinded so he could see. And so both were in need of the same cure. The prayer of the prophet Elisha opened the eyes of the servant of God first so he could see the armies of God and believe. And then that same prophet blinded the eyes of the enemy so God could open their eyes to see him in a different light. Friend, God is in the business of loving the very people we are naturally tempted to despise because they oppress us. He wants to save them too. The Lord's victory in our life must always be followed by a gracious response of love and kindness for the very enemies Jesus died to save, just like us. Verse 23, so he, the king, prepared for them a great feast. I'd like to have been there. I bet you it was good cooking. Had all the ladies in Israel used that new kitchen that they had designed for the church, brought them far and wide, and they cooked them the delicacies, the sacred delicacies, of the people of God. And that great feast occurred for the enemy. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away and they went to their master. That's the king of Syria. You know, the one who was afraid because Elisha could hear what was going on in his bedroom. And the Syrians came no more on raids into the land of Israel. You see, it was exactly the thing to do. Kindness ended the war. Why? Because God had opened the eyes of the king of Syria too. And the man who trembled in his bedroom because of the prophet's power to see inside and hear what was going on saw himself in a different light as a king, as a king that God loved too. And so he stopped harassing the people of God because his army had dined at the kind table of the people of God. And they learned for the first time of the love of God through the actions and prayers of the king of Israel and the prophet of God who was protected in all his struggles against evil by chariots of fire. Dear Heavenly Father, we don't want a weak faith. We don't want to be whining Christians. Always talk about our problems. 
Father, we want to have eyes that see the unseen armies of God. Eyes that believe in the prophets of God. And a heart that is willing to follow God and obey. And most importantly, a heart that has been transformed by the love of God to love the world. Thank you for Jesus, dear Father, who came from the heart, the bosom of God, the Scripture says, that we may know the glory of God in our lives. And may that glory not just shine out, may it touch the lives of people, Lord. And in so doing, touch us more deeply with more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're a regular listener to this broadcast, or if you've just tuned in for the first time and have been inspired by this sermon, and you'd like to partner with us to help keep these radio broadcasts on the air, you can simply call us at 1-888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE, day or night, 24-7. One of our team is available to assist you right now. We believe God is moving across the globe, touching lives and reaching hearts, and you are helping make this a reality with your gift of any amount. Do you have any deep, unmet needs? Do you try to meet those needs through success, achievement, pleasure, or material possession? Do you find that you still lack the peace and satisfaction that you so deeply desire? If so, we have a book titled Satisfaction, How God Can Meet Your Deepest Needs. It will encourage you and help you understand that satisfaction is not found in a material or worldly achievement, but in a personal, loving relationship with the person Christ Jesus. Please call 888-244-HOPE, and for a donation of any amount, we'll send you the book, Satisfied, How God Can Meet Your Deepest Needs. Please call anytime, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE. And we pray that you will be encouraged, uplifted, and fully satisfied as you grow spiritually in your walk with Christ. If you'd like to learn more, go to reachingyourheart.com on the Internet. That's reachingyourheart.com or give us a call at 888-244-HOPE. We appreciate your support and we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.